Pithas uh, in Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter. Um, while you're turning there, over the last few nights, I've listened uh, to some other services too, but to all of the services uh, from that revival in Tennessee. And uh, I was just amazed uh, at the messages that was preached and in the spirit and in power and yet uh, people ignore uh, the word of God as it goes out for whatever reason uh, where they just don't want to hear where they're afraid that somebody might think um, bad of them uh, that they're not what they should be uh, if they basically give in uh, to the Lord dealing with them. And you and I today, you know, we need to get this world and all that's in it out of our minds and get centered on what it takes to please God and what it takes to make heaven our home. Because, you know, when we stand before God, and have to give an account, the little things in this life and the things that we let hinder us a lot of times from being what we should be as a Christian, we're going to see that they was just nothing. They wasn't worth what it cost us. And you and I, you know, <clears throat> we can deceive people so easily because if they don't know you and they don't know your daily life, uh, they might think that you're a swell person and you might deceive them uh, because they really don't know you. But you know, that's not the one we're going to be facing when it comes to judgment. We're going to be facing God and God knows us. He knows everything there is about us. And you know, a lot of times you know, we've had people do it right here in this church get upset over uh, preach messages and leave and not come back? Well, you and I today, you know, you can get mad at the preacher uh, all you want to, but that's not going to change the message. That's not going to change what God's Word says. And you and I, you know, any preacher, I don't care who he is, any preacher that preaches a message that you don't like to hear if it's Bible, if it's what the Word of God says. He's preaching that not because it's something he wants to preach, but because he's delivering his soul. Because if he don't preach it, God said, I'm going to require their blood at your hands. And you and I today, we need to stop and think, you know, are we being obedient unto the Word of God? They've been messages preached from this pulpit by me and other preachers that there's people sitting here that still does not abide by what was preached for whatever reason. Uh, they choose not to. Well, you know, we can reject the man here, but if God sent it, 
you're going to be reminded of that when you stand at judgment because of the damage it did in your life and you refuse to lay it aside. And me and you, we might think, well, uh, you know, times have changed. Well, I've read back in the Old Testament where God said for a woman not to put that on that pertains to a man's garment. Well, that would be, you know, slacks, anything in the pants line in any way, shape, form, or fashion. It makes no difference where the zipper's at on it or if it don't even have one. But, uh, you know, you could even go, as Daryl has said, uh, the bathroom doors, and you can see what the world accepts as a dress for a man and the dress for a woman. And, you know, uh, we can see that very plain, and yet we'll go out in the world today and I'll... It's disgusting to go to Walmart. I've seen a father walking, I guess, with his daughter because she was that much younger than him. And she was in shorts so short that her cheeks was hanging out and they were about to cut her in two. And I thought, what on earth's the matter with that man that he wouldn't tell his daughter? You need to dress decent because you're dressing to draw the very lust of every man that looks at you. And then when you stand before God, you're going to be guilty of that enticement. And it's the way that they dress in modern cities on the streets where for no other word to explain it where the whores are. And you and I today, we go to Walmart and we see them dressed like that from little kids on up. Parents don't care. Why? They don't read the Bible. They don't care what God says about it. You and I, when we stand before God, we're going to have blood on our hands unless we stand firm upon the Word of God. Tell children, grandchildren, whoever, what the Bible says. And if we try and make excuses for them, we're going to have blood on our hands. All right, coming here to Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter. We're going to start with the seventh verse. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, a wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Now, like I was saying there, that's why a preacher preaches hard messages that he'd rather not because you've got to deliver yourself. This is a personal thing between each and every one of us and God. My son preached a message just last Sunday that he would give out at the end of. And it wasn't something that uh, I guess he would say, I really enjoyed getting to preach that message because it's one of them that 
I can remember many times in my life when I've had to preach a message that it still sticks in my mind what was in my heart and how I felt to have to preach a message like that. But yet, if I didn't, the very ones that was sitting there that was listening, I would face them again in judgment because I failed to warn them about the dangers that they was in. And you and I today, we need to come back and realize God sent his word for a purpose. I want to read one more place to you here. In this 33rd chapter of Ezekiel, and if you'll go down to the 31st verse, and they came unto thee as the people cometh, and they set before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. Now here, Ezekiel God was speaking to him and he was telling them exactly what he was going to have to preach and tell the people, but he's also saying they're not going to hear you. Well, today we're living in a time when people are that very same way. They don't want to hear what the Bible says because it offends me. After all, times have changed. And you can call people, and I've called a television station, and warning them about some of the things they had on. How did it go contrary to what the Bible said? And it was to be in the Bible Belt and all she could say well that's your opinion I said no it's not go and read the Bible and I give her chapter and verse and she still come back that's your opinion well you and I we want to close the eyes stop her ears we're going to come face to face with God and we're going to find out it's God's opinion where we need to go because we neglected the plan of salvation and his is the only opinion that counts you and I today we can fool ourselves into thinking well it's alright because nobody lives that way anymore well look back in the Bible God laid out you might have to do a little bit of reading but you can find God laid out under the old law exactly what he stood for. Come to the New Testament. He tells you and I everything. Basically, we're to live by the same standards as was under the old law, except when it comes to the plan of salvation. He paid the price instead of us having to give an animal sacrifice. But he still requires us to live to that standard. And, you know, each and every one of us, we can ignore what the Word of God said. But when we come face to face with God, we're not going to be able to defend ourselves. 
Why? Because you're without an excuse. God made it plain. He said, though they be a fool or a wayfaring man, they need not err therein. You and I, when we come to stand before God, it makes no difference how much we love our children if they're doing that the contrary to the Word of God. God requires. It's not just a suggestion, but it's a requirement for me and you to stand Tell him what he's going to say when he comes to stand before God. Because if you don't, God said, I'm going to require their blood at your hand. A lot of times parents say, they have, oh, my responsibility is, is just to feed them and clothe them till they get grown. No, God said to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. And you and I, if we don't, we're going to come short when we stand before God. Today, I'm afraid, too many times people, we think, oh, it doesn't matter because times have changed, so that couldn't still apply. God said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He don't change. Me and you, I'm, the Lord lets me live to Saturday. It's coming Saturday. I'll be 78 years old. And my dad preached these same scriptures. Back when I was such a kid that I just barely remember it. And it hasn't changed. The word of God still reads the same. It still requires the same. Oh, it's so wonderful to know when we meet the condition, the Spirit of God is still real in the hearts and the lives of those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said they shall be filled. Today we come to the place where nobody wants it. As we were talking there at Sunday school, you know, there is something about having a holy experience with God. About it even alive that looked on by the world as something peculiar. But God looks down and he sees that you and I, he said, his people, they are peculiar people. Why? Because we're so different from the things of the world. You know, people will sit in church and pretend like they're a Christian. You know, I've was brought up in a church that was spiritual. And there was people in it that shouted. And there were people there that sat there without a whole lot of emotion. But yet, they were supposed to be a Christian and all. And I was starting to be looked on as an old man before it was revealed just how far their heart was from God. Do you realize you might have it hid now, but it's going to come out eventually? I've had people, this has happened a lot of times, people that sat in church and everybody thought they was fine to their mind went. And then you couldn't have a child around them because the filthy language that come out of their mouth. But then you see those that truly was right with God. And their mind goes, 
that person goes back just like a child. You can have anybody you want to around them, and they're not going to be any filled. Carol can testify to this. We was having a service in a nursing home, old folks' home, whatever you want to call it. And there's this old Pentecostal preacher there. He didn't even know his wife. She had rolled him out there to this service. Carol got up, was singing, and he was there. All you can see is enjoying it because of the spirit that was moving. I started to preach, and he went to shouting, and his wife grabbed him and rolled him out of there. I went to see him afterwards, and she was apologizing, afraid he was going to disturb the spirit. I said, oh, no, if mine might have win, but that heart still knew the spirit of God. He was rejoicing when he found that spirit move. It was something steering on the inside of me. You and I today. That's what it makes a difference in a child of God and a church member. We have something on the inside that is real. It'll bubble over and the whole world can see that there's a difference. You and I today, if we're ashamed of that, God said, I'm going to be ashamed of you. We better make sure we're not ashamed of the things of God. You know, I'm going to read one other place. Didn't think I was, but I'm going to. In uh, Luke, the 14th chapter, I'm only going to read, I was going to read a whole lot of this. Come to church, didn't know which one of these I was going to be preaching on. Uh, but, uh, here in this 14th chapter, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Uh, and send his servants, uh, the 14th chapter, I'm going to start with the start 16th verse. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bed many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one uh, consent began to make excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. Now here... All, there are three excuses given. And I'd like for each and every one of you to think what kind of sense did it make to buy land that you'd never seen or to buy a yoke of oxen or horses or anything that you hadn't went out and tested them first. The one there that said, I married a wife. You'd say, well, that was a good excuse because back then, a young couple, when they got married, basically for the first year, the family supported them so they could be together but if he was out here to listen to this then he shouldn't have been there he ought to have been with his wife you and I today you read this and you say oh I wonder why they give such an excuse why have you ever listened to your own how pitiful they sound you know a lot of times there are people they give excuses but I've preached this many times there is reason but there's no excuses 
You and I today, we need to come clean before God. You know, if I'm supposed to go somewhere or another, hold a revival or whatever, and it comes time for me to go, and I have a heart attack and I'm in the hospital, that's a reason. But if it comes time for me to go, and I say, well, I just changed my mind. I don't think I want to go. I, I've got some excuse I can use. I'm just not able to go. That's an excuse that isn't going to pass anything. You and I today, what excuses do we give for failing God? You know, I've preached messages I don't want to offend nobody, but I've preached messages, and I'm sure Daryl can tell you the same thing. You can see the expression on people's faces, and you know how the message is being received or who's being hit. And, you know, I've seen people, tears running down their face because they was rejoicing, I've seen people that tears is running down their face because they was condemned. I've seen people that put a smile on as if that isn't hitting where I'm at. And yet everything else was saying, how do I get away from this? You and I today, we can do all we can to conceal what God's trying to reach us with. But just like I read back there, in that Ezekiel thing, people today, they hear, they, well, I've even had people to say this. I had a cousin to say this about my own father because he preached messages that was hitting right where she was living. She left the church, started going to another church that basically was in sight of the church that dad was preaching at. And she said, Uncle Riley is the best preacher I've ever heard. He just preaches it too strict. No, he preached it just the way the Bible said it. But she found her one that would not preach against being in adultery. So that's what she was wanting. You and I today, it makes no difference whether the preacher preaches the Bible or not. You and I will go to face God with his word. That's what we're being judged by. And we can't get away from it. God sent it for a reason. So we will stand before him without an excuse. God loves man enough. You know, you go here to Lebanon. There are judges there that don't even know the law that they're setting in over a cage for. Why? They got all these people here to look up the things that he needs to make his ruling on so he can rule the way that the law says it but before he come before he he knew nothing about it you and I today God sent his word so we couldn't come before him and say I didn't know God sent it to us because he loved us and he sent it so we wouldn't have to be in blinded under the things he required but he sent it so we can know exactly what God God's required of me and you and how he wants us to live. And that's why 
just like what I read to you there. And there's another place in Ezekiel that goes even out farther than what I read to you there on the old prophet. But that's why preachers that cares and knows that hell is real and it's a place to avoid, they're going to preach the truth because they don't want to end up in hell. And do you realize if I preach it to make it easy on you, but we're both going to end up in hell. I either tell you the truth and you accept that and we go to heaven together, or I tell you the truth, you reject it, I'll still make heaven, but you're not. And that's why a preacher preaches. He wants everybody to go to heaven, but he wants to make heaven his home himself. And we can't escape. Here, you listen to that. How foolish to give such excuses for not doing something. And then if you'll go down and read the 24th verse of that, and you'll find this is all in red letters. It would Christ speaking, but that 24th verse, For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. You and I, when God speaks unto us and we reject it, for whatever reason, we reject it, he's telling us, you're not going to be part of heaven. You're not going to be there to have that supper with me. Why? Because you were stubborn. You resisted. You know, how many times do you know of people here in this life that all their whole plan is to get whatever it is they want? That's, that's all their desire is to get what I want, what pleases me. And they couldn't care less about anybody else and what somebody else might think about it. But you and I, when we come and stand before God, we're going to be standing there facing God with the life that we've lived and no way to get away from it. Do you realize, you know, if I do something that's not right, my son can stand up, let the whole world know, I'm not like that. He don't have to face what I did wrong. But no matter what he does, that ain't getting me out of it. I'm going to have to face it. You realize, and there's a lot of people, they go looking into things like this. I guess to try and find out something on a preacher to try and down him or whatever. But, you know, I can't help what my grandfather was. I can't help what nobody is but me. My grandfather spent 14 years in prison for killing a man. He's an evil man. He's a hard-working man, but he was an evil man. My dad was family of that got grown, nine boys and a girl. Dad said, I never got a whipping that I didn't get the blood cut out of me. He said, because 
Dad didn't think he whipped you unless he made you bleed. His back looked like a slave's back when I seen it. And I was in my teens when I seen it. I said, well, Dad, what scarred your back up so? Because I'd never seen Dad without his shirt. I just happened to come in unexpected, and Mom was doctoring a boil that he had on his back. And I said, Dad, what scarred your back up so? He said, honey, your granddad didn't think he whipped you unless he cut the blood out of you. And that was through his clothes. That one that he made you take the clothes off. Ain't Goldie. I remember her saying, "Granddad, or your granddad said, he whipped me just like I was one of the boys. You and I, you can't help what other people do. But my dad there was, is bad, a drunk, a murderer. He had all of his brothers, that's what they did. They drank and they fight. Dad, at 15 years old, drunk, being carried past the revival, just had to raise his head and look as he went by the door. It was hot back then. They didn't have air conditioning. The windows open, the doors open. He seen that preacher in the pulpit. That whole night, he couldn't get that out of his mind. The next day, as he was working at 15 years old, his dad in prison for killing a man and his mother in another state. And he was looking after a younger brother, working to feed the both of them. Didn't have a place to live. Slipping fodder shocks and stuff. But as he got seen that preacher, preacher, the next night he come back. He said, just slipped in. And he sat down in the bag. He said, my clothes were bad. My shirt was bad for he all bad for a sawmill. And he said, oh, I felt so dirty. But when that preacher prayed, he went to the altar. And he got right with God. He said, from that time on, God gave him a bed every night to sleep in. You and I today, God can make a difference if we only surrender to him. Fifteen, didn't have but a, not even a complete second grade education. At fifth, uh, sixteen, God called him to preach. And his excuse was, God, how can I preach? I can't even read. And somebody had given him a little new uh, thing of St. John, just a little testament of St. John. And he was praying and had that laid out on a rock in front of him. And when he said that to God, I can't read. How can I preach? He said it just like somebody said, well, won't you try? When Dad died, he could tell you what the first verses was that he read there. He couldn't read a newspaper enough to make sense out of it. But he could read the Bible. He could preach revelations and stuff. Make it so plain to you what made the difference. He knew the one that sent the word. He knew the one that made the difference in his life. That brought him from that life that all the other family had chosen under no God. And now God could change it. 
And that same God still works today, if we want to know. Dad prayed. I can remember hearing him preach. I prayed for my brothers and my sister. He said, and yet God has always sent me somewhere else to preach. He said, but I've prayed if I be obedient unto him that he would show mercy on them. And in the process of him holding revivals and stuff going around near where they at, out of his nine brothers and his sister, all of them got right with God before they died except one, and we don't know what happened to that one. He just disappeared. You and I today, if we live for God, God can not only change our life from what it would have been, but he can change it, the lives of those around about us, if we truly love him. While we get some verse of a song, do you want to really follow God and what his word says? Is it something pleasant to you? Something you can enjoy? Something that you want to live by? You know, it don't do us any good to deceive somebody into thinking that we're something we're not. Because when you stand before God, the one that really counts is going to know. You know, uh, I, I'm going to say this, and I hope that you uh, don't get offended in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't know, just looking back over the crowd, I don't know by looking in your face whether you're right with God or not. But if I'm around you for a little while, I can tell. I might not have the right to look you in the face and say, you're lost, but I have that spiritual discernment, I guess is what you say, that you know what you're feeling you know, the Bible tells us that if we're both right with God, the Spirit going to catch from breast to breast. You're going to know it when you're talking to that person. So you and I, don't worry about deceiving some person here. Worry about what God knows about you. There's not a one of you all that's going to stand and face God for what I think of you. But you're going to face God for what he knows about you. And that's something that's really important. While we sing, if your heart's not right with God, now's the time to change that. Get it right with God. Get to you know beyond a shadow of any doubt that if you died, it's all right. You know, <coughs> if, we don't, if we don't repent of our sin here in this life, we will face it when this life is over. And I guarantee you, not a person that ever died that didn't know before they died whether they was right with God. They know. If you and I just close their mind to it, we might ignore it. But if we really be honest with ourselves, we know whether we're right or not.
my aunt, Aunt Goldie, only sister dad had, was a nurse. And she had the testimony of two men that died in the hospital where she worked. One of them was a old preacher. And she said he was dying with rock dust. He's a coal miner. And she said, you just have to put your ear right down on his lips to be able to understand what he was saying when he was trying to communicate with you. And she worked a night shift, and she said, just her and one other nurse, and she said, we was out at the nurse's station. We heard a noise coming from down the hall. And she said, we both went running down there and said, when we got to the room here, it was a ward, and there was six beds in there. And she said, when they got to the room and started in, she said, it's just like something stopped them both right there at the door. And that old preacher was sitting up on the side of the bed. She said, singing, you could hear it all the way down the hall. Lord, I've been waiting to go. She said, he completed that whole song and looked at her and said, Sister Smith, would you lay me back down in bed? She said, I laid him down, and when I picked his feet up, put him in bed and looked at him, said he was already gone. Another man in the hospital, different time, but he was in the hospital dying from the same disease. Thank Goldie had known him for years. Invited him to church, done all she could to get him to get right with God. He always tell her, I don't have time. I don't have time. And she said, he was in a ward too. And they heard a noise and they go in there. And he was moaning and groaning. And he said, Goldie, would you write a letter for me? And she said, yeah, wait just a minute. She went running to get some paper and come back. And she said, he was saying, oh, it's too late. The last males went. He was trying to climb the end of the bed, the wall and stuff. He said, the fire is on the foot of the bed. Put the fire out. And he was, went out and died crying, oh, Lord, don't turn the light out. He didn't have time to pray his whole life through. But when it come down time to die, it was too late to pray and get an answer. You and I today, God has all we need right now. It will call upon him. But if we don't, it's going to be too late when it comes down time for us to die. Anyone got a word, anything on your heart, real quick before we close?